This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. For more information, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. The topic of the Affordable Care Act has been a very strong one in the last couple of years, and it's also been a decisive one in the POTUS campaign as well this year. But new reporting from here at Wharton and the University of Pennsylvania suggests a way where the premiums you pay may potentially pay out to would be less. Dan Polsky is executive director of the Leonard Davis Institute of Health Economics. He also serves for the Congressional Budget Office's panel of health advisors, and he joins us here in the studio right now. Good to see you again. Thank you for coming in. Good to be here. Thank you. Uh, explain the research, because I think for a lot of people, they are... It is such a, a fractious debate right now as to whether or not the Affordable Care Act is something good, something bad, and something that should continue on, whoever becomes president. Um, well, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a challenging issue, and uh, what, what my uh, research um, shows or the point of my research is to try to bring evidence um, to what can often be a very emotional debate about whether this is uh, a good idea or a bad idea. Um, I'm trying to look at um, what is working, what is not working, and how to make it work better. Um, so uh, specifically, uh, my research looks at uh, what what is called the marketplace or oftentimes the exchange or a lot of people when they refer to Obamacare, they're referring to this uh, marketplace where you can buy individual insurance um, in an organized way, um, often with a website, each state has its yeah. own website, healthcare.gov. Um, and if you're buying insurance on this uh, on this website, then your income is below 400% of the federal poverty level. You have an opportunity to get a subsidy to buy this insurance. So um, what has happened is the people who are trying to shop to buy insurance are often much lower income people than than buy insurance, say for you know a University of Pennsylvania employee um, has typically a higher income than someone who's trying to shop in this market and get subsidies. So um, the insurance companies that are offering insurance on this marketplace um, are very sensitive to the premium because their customers are very sensitive sure. to the premium. So uh, this has been going on for since 2014. So uh, November 1st, they're going to have a new uh, open enrollment period where people can shop for insurance. And, and there's concern that uh, in a lot of markets, uh, a lot of the insurers that used to offer insurance in the marketplace are leaving. And so one of the strengths of having an organized marketplace to buy insurance is that um, there's competition and, and that can drive prices down. And as some of the insurers are leaving, uh, there's, there's a concern that prices are going to start to go up. And when I say prices, it's, it's the same thing as saying premiums because that's the, right. really the price that you see when you're buying insurance. Um, so uh, one of the things that has come up is what it takes to succeed if you're an insurance company competing in this marketplace where everybody is very sensitive to the price. Mm -hmm. and, and what we're seeing is the insurers that are most successful are those that can manage a very controlled and often smaller network of doctors um, and often 
these doctors are, are, are well managed so that the insurance price can be uh, lower. And right. those seem to be the plans that are most attractive to the uh, people buying insurance. And they're also the plans um, that haven't lost a lot of money. But how many of those options are actually out there? Because uh, if you read the stories, and obviously it, because it's been such a political issue, you know, some some stories that are written, you 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 think you take with a grain of salt. Others you put more instance in is the fact that the premium costs have been going up, the costs overall have been going up, and that's why we've seen uh, health insurance companies getting out of this because the losses are well into the millions every year at this point. Um, so they're 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 those are great points. So yes, uh, premiums have been going up. They go up. On the exchange in this marketplace, they go up at the University of Pennsylvania. Yeah. Um, this year, they're going to go up. And you know, you, you hear news reports when you see a real startling rise in in the premiums that are offered. Yeah. But there's also a variation. And what happens when you shop is some premiums went up a lot and are really high, but others there are other issuers and other insurers that are coming into the marketplace to offer a very competitive price. Right. So while some prices may be really high. Um, Often the customers keep going to the lowest one. Sure. Yeah. So, um, so uh, the the impact on on the customers may not be as great as some of these news reports that you see. But the fact is that prices are going up, and one of the reasons they've gone up a lot is it was really hard to get the right price at the beginning because this is brand new. Sure. Yeah. And a lot of the insurers that bombed and did badly and have left the market are those that um, didn't play the market right. And you know we know when we are in a private free market system, there are winners and losers. Right. And we're seeing this new market shake out, and there's been a lot of losers that haven't played it right, um, but some are playing it right, and some plans are working really well. It's just a much uh, more interesting news when the big insurers that are really used to um, giving insurance to places like the University of Pennsylvania yeah. uh, don't fully understand a different customer base and and made some mistakes of pricing and now they're out of the market. Now, it's this narrow market that, that you're talking about in your research where there seems to be a, a fairly decent amount of savings possible for the consumer out there. Yeah, so um, the plans that have done well are those that have uh, lower premiums and it turns out that uh, one of the ways you can, as an insurer, offer a plan with a lower premium is to offer a plan with a narrow network. And, and so what my research showed is that uh, the narrower the network that gets offered in, in a plan, the lower the premiums can be. And what we found is uh, like a 7% uh, savings on your premiums mm -hmm. if you're a narrow network versus one that's you know more typical in the market. Um, and so if you're buying insurance with a subsidy, uh, that 7% uh, savings can look like a 20, 25% savings because right. the subsidy is is uh, is cut off the bottom. So so these plans become extremely attractive for customers. Well, and from reading the research that you did, I guess it ends up being a savings of it could be a few hundred dollars over the course of a year, correct? Yeah. So even for, you know, in, in this marketplace, people often talk about the young invincibles, that the way to make this marketplace work is to have uh, the young, healthy individuals get on the exchange. And so for a young, healthy individual buying insurance on the exchange, they could save two or $300. For a family of four, a healthy family of four, they could save four to $600 a year. For people who are 
older and have to buy insurance that is more expensive, the savings can be higher. Do the consumers think about uh, when they're going to buy insurance? Do they think about this idea of the narrow network and and in looking for that when they when they go shopping for it? Well, that's a great question, and and some of the blowback from these narrow networks, these providers that. Um, uh, uh, the, these plans that offer these limited choice of doctors is that it's not fun to have one of these plans. Right. Um, and often, uh, and one reason it's not fun is that if you get sick and you have to choose a doctor and you have a limited choice, you might not get the doctor you wanted. Sure. Um, you, uh, you might think you're going to a doctor that you thought was in network and you get surprised and you find out they're not in the network and you have to pay more money. And these are really um, unfortunate and terrible things that shouldn't happen if you have one of these plans. It can be difficult to have insurance and you have one of these plans um, and, and try to uh, seek care. And the, the point um, that uh, the, you know, the point that you raise is a very good one, which is when you're shopping, do you know you're buying this type of plan? Sure. You might just be attracted by the fact that it's cheaper and not really know what you're giving up. Right. And that's been a big problem. And this year uh, in new open enrollment, um, they're piloting these new ways of expressing how narrow a network is. Right. Um, it's just has not been information. You know, if you go on um, to shop, you see the premium. You might see what the deductible is and other very, you know, kind of major characteristics of your yeah. insurance plan. But there really isn't enough information about this when you're shopping. Well, and the, the number to join in and ask a question of Dan Polsky is 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. We're talking about the research that he did about uh, how uh, narrow networks uh, could be a savings for the consumer in terms of the uh, health insurance that you buy. 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. Again, consumers don't probably think about this when when they go to buy uh when they buy uh insurance they i think and maybe this is a little bit of a historical viewpoint that they just assume that all health insurance plans have a wide range of doctors and that's just not the case and obviously it's it's a changing i hate play right into it but it's a changing marketplace right now yeah uh you know that's a great point i, I think uh when what, what I hear, uh, and there's some surveys that bear this out, is to the extent that a consumer is paying attention to this, they just want to know if their doctor is in the network. Yeah. So you can look that up. You can go to the website of the insurer and say, you know, Dr. Jones, uh, is, she in the mar- is she in this uh, in- insurance plan? And then if, if, if your doctor is, you, you say, okay, I'll take it. But the problem is that the, one of the reasons you buy insurance is um, to uh, protect against the risk of becoming sick. Yeah. So you might not know yeah. the doctor you need if you actually get really sick. Yeah. The doctor that you have a relationship with might just be your primary care doctor. So uh, I think that that is um, – com- I think you're completely right. It's not something people think about, which is am I going to be able to see the doctor I would need to see yeah. if something very unfortunate and unforeseeable happens? Yeah. For that, you really have to have this more vague concept of how big the network is. What kind of choice am I going to have is – is the children's hospital in my network because, you know, God forbid something would happen to my I, child. I would think a lot of people would also think that if if they are thinking about a narrow plan, and obviously the, the financial savings is there, but they would also think about the fact of, okay, if I have to go to a different doctor, how quickly am I going to be able to see him yep. or her? 
which is not just a network problem. That's a, a seemingly a problem across healthcare right now in trying to get an appointment for you or your loved one or your kids on whatever it may be. Uh, does that become a, a concern, maybe even a greater one, with a narrower network? Yeah, certainly. Um, uh, and, and, and there's some challenges with that as well, just in terms of getting the information to the customer. You go to, you know, Orbitz and or you're looking for your hotel. Right, you know, right. every day where, you know, where you can, where the uh, vacancies are. Right. Um, and it's in plain sight and, and you can see it for the entire city. Um, that information just, you know, we have yet to really, you know, solve that. But there are a number of kind of innovative disruptors that are trying to collect that information and make it easier to find the person who has availability rather than getting into the yellow pages and yeah. the old-fashioned way of just calling and calling until you can find an appointment. Are, are more health insurers going to go this way? Uh, are they going to add these options to uh, to their plans? And especially if, we, if we're seeing a pairing down of insurance companies that are offering plans in general, uh, you know, is that going to be more of the norm? And, and then what's the reaction from doctors in general if they were on a plan, were part of a network, and they get kicked off of, of a network? I mean, obviously, the doctors don't want that because that's potentially lost revenue for them. Well, that's a great question. And, you know, I, I wish I was someone that was good at predicting the future. Yeah, right. Um, yeah. But uh, what I will say is that um, often we think there's – you know, one idea is a good idea or a bad idea, um, but we don't think about the trade-offs involved. Okay. So, um, you know, there are challenges with narrow networks. And if, you know, I know for my family, I'm glad I have a very broad network. Sure, yeah. And I also am fortunate that I'm still employed at the University of Pennsylvania and <laughs> okay. I can afford to buy this plan. Yeah. Uh, if I happen to, like, get kicked out of the university and they get rid of my tenure and I'm unemployed and I can't get insurance... I think I would much rather have some insurance for my family if yeah. I had low income, and and I'd be willing to make that trade off between yeah. um, having lots of choice, like I have now, uh, versus one where at least I can get something. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I, one of the challenges in healthcare is um, this idea of equity, uh, which is I believe that everybody deserves healthcare. Sure. And you can take that to the next level, which is I think everyone deserves the very best health care that someone who is employed at the University of Pennsylvania yeah. can get. Um, uh, often we build the, the, you know, the Cadillacs uh, health care for everyone, but not everyone can afford that. So you either yeah. have a health system that works really well for some people and some people get nothing. Yeah. Or we build a, a health care system that has different levels that at least people can get access um, uh, at, at various levels of healthcare, and this offers an opportunity for people to be able to buy their own insurance, have the, um, you know, the dignity to purchase their own plan, and um, you know what they give up is is a little bit of of choice. We're talking with Dan Polsky, who is executive director of the Leonard Davis Institute of Health Economics here at the University of Pennsylvania. He's also uh, serving uh, on the Congressional Budget Office panel of health advisors uh, from from a from a national perspective and, and working with the CBO that, that you do, what's the, what is the concern at the national level right now in terms of, of healthcare moving forward? As you said, people at times are just looking to get the cheapest option they can. 
just to have coverage. Yeah. And, and there are still a lot of people that are out there that are going without coverage. And and they're like, you know, they're rolling the dice and saying, look, I'll worry about a potential fine if it, you know, if it ever comes. Um, the concern at the national level right now is uh, the, the marketplace just has a lot of instability. And it's this, like we talked at the beginning of the show about how so many insurers are leaving the market. Yeah. Is uh, you know there really is serious concerns about the, um, you know, keeping this viable in every market in the country. Right. Um, making sure that there's enough competition, enough insurers that are kind of playing the game to make this a long run success. And so the conversation really is, um, if this is gonna stabilize, um, or you know, w- what are things that we could do um, to uh, promote the stability in the marketplace? I think that's. Uh, genuine uh, conversation um, that's happening at the national level. If narrow networks are kind of the, 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 the secret to this being successful going forward, then would success with a, a Blue Cross Blue Shield having narrower networks bring some companies that maybe got out of it back into the health insurance race? Yeah, uh, for sure. I think that what we've seen are those companies that are good at managing narrow networks or those that have succeeded. Yeah. So the question is, uh, are these um, insurers that have been very good at offering insurance in other markets, like commercial markets or Medicare Advantage, um, can they uh, adjust um, to come back in with a different strategy? And is yeah. that something that they're going to want to do? I think that remains to be seen. But there certainly is room for new players. Um, and we see in lots of you know very you know, immature, uh, growing markets that people come in and out all the time. And yeah. it's, you know, very much part of the freewheeling free market system here. Um, so I think there, I would say there's a greater opportunity for um, startups to say, this is uh, something I want to play in yeah. than for the real big established companies that are really good at doing something else where they make all their revenue to kind of change their model to come back in and play this game. And, and you're you're at the point where in some states where you need to have that. You yeah. need to have that change because the, the idea behind this originally was to have choice. And in some states, you don't have choice anymore. You're, yeah. you're down to one insurer. And, and that and that ends up being kind of detrimental to the to the entire process. Yeah. Uh, you know, we see a number of markets that, you know, particularly rural areas uh, yeah. where, you know, there's just going to be one insurer. And, and yeah. I think that's, um, you know, if you wanted to, you know, as a professor, you know, that grades exams for my students yeah. and, and uh, that would be a marker of something I would say, uh, that's not a, uh, you're not going to get an A <laughs> yeah, right? Yes. Uh, if you're going to have uh, you may just not one get, insurer. You may not even get a C yeah. at that point, right? <laughs> um, so, uh, so that, that, that certainly is something that I think everyone would like to see change. We need to make sure that there's a robust uh, set of insurers uh, in, in, in all markets, or at least most markets, is it your expectation that you know, with this information now coming out about about your study that how will how will this information really affect the market going forward? Um, I think that uh, narrow networks are here to stay, yeah, and we need to understand the trade offs. There are good things about narrow networks, and 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 this this paper here shows that yes, narrow networks um, can. Uh, provide value in the marketplace yeah. by having lower uh, premiums on those plans. But you know, on the other hand, there are a number of challenges with the, the with networks that have come up during the show, which is 
you know, you can be surprised. You know, you don't have the information you need when you're shopping. Yeah. You might not be able to find a doctor or might be far away. These are all problems that, you know, the, these are things we need to work on going forward. So I, I, I hope that what, what changes is a more balanced, robust discussion about the pros and cons yeah. of moving forward narrow networks and making them work better and provide value. It's almost a little bit similar to what we've seen with with people's retirement savings in that, you know, pensions were 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 so valuable to companies, uh, you know, over a 40, 50 year period, companies went away from it. And now if you want to have good investments, you're the one that actually has to dig in there and, and make some of these choices compared to before with the pension system where it was almost a little bit of remote control. Yeah, I think that's a that's a great analogy is, uh, you know, a lot of folks who have Medicare, you know, it's always going to be there. It's an entitlement. Yeah. You know, there's people that are making it uh, work for for um, everybody. Uh, but but here's a case where um, you need to make it work for yourself. And there's a lot of choice and you yeah. can pick this plan or that plan. And, and you have to be uh, uh, much more educated to make this style of, of uh, health insurance work versus something that's you know, more like a Medicare plan. Great to have you here. Thank you very much, Dan. Oh, thanks for and, having me. And for people that would like to read the the, uh, the reporting, where can they find it? Uh, it's in the latest issue of a journal called Health Affairs. Okay. Or you can find it on our website at the Leonard Davis Institute. Okay, great. Thank you very much for coming in. Greatly appreciate it. Dan Polsky, as we mentioned, Executive Director of uh, Leonard Davis Institute of Health Economics. For more business news and analysis from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.